And that's the thing, like when I used to use social media for social, and then what changed two years ago when I started my practice two and a half years ago is I started using it for business. And now I never use it for social. I only use it for business. And I guess I didn't really think about that until just now that that's really changed my relationship with it. Like, I feel like there's something I need from social media. So I don't know. I just, and that's why I got to this place with, you know, recently feeling burnt out is I thought, I don't even know if like who I'm showing up online as anymore is the real quote unquote me. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds. And the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boye, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, friends, and welcome to this special podcast with uh, a good friend of mine, Erin uh, Martin. Um, this is the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, but Erin is an emotional health coach who also has a podcast, and she'll be broadcasting it on her podcast as well. So Erin, tell us about your podcast. Yes, that's going to be a special edition on my podcast as well, which is called the Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. And here I am today for all my listeners with my friend, Julie, who is a gratitude and gut health expert. And we're very excited to just have a conversation and let you guys kind of listen in and, and spy on the things that we talk about when nobody is watching. Yes. I mean, you know, who knows who's listening right now? I mean, it's just you and I chatting over Zoom and, uh, you know, it's, we had this conversation last week, we started talking about all these things, you know, I've done for Aaron's audience, who might not know, or people who are newer to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I took this summer off, I was dealing with burnout, uh, chronic pain, and just really an inability to work at all. So I took the summer and invested in some serious rest. I stopped posting on social media, I logged out of all my apps, I shut down my business for the summer and I just took care of myself. And this sort of prompted some conversations how, you know, what does it look like me coming back into business after such a long break? But I know, Erin, you've also been kind of rethinking how you're doing business these days as well. So what's been going on with you? Yeah, what's going on with me and my business is, if we're being frank. <laughs> we are. We are, is it's been a bit of a tougher year. The first year of my my coaching practice really took off. I had a lot of referrals. And then the second year, kind of the referrals dried up, I guess you could say. And then it was just all about social media marketing. And that is like an uphill battle, as as you know. It's like a beast in its own self people have, you know, degrees in marketing, <laughs> we've talked about, <laughs> and companies that manage social media. So to be trying to, you know, learn that, which is a huge learning curve for me, especially because I was never really much of a social media person. So this year was kind of all about trying to learn about how to use social media and whether or not I'm doing it correctly or, or what, it's just been a little bit of a, of a time. And just really kind of burnt me out as well. You know, creatively, I'm sure you can relate. Like it's a such a creative 
part of the job on social media is, you know, to be thinking of new ideas. And I feel like my brain never shut off. I can be laying in bed watching TV and something would hit and I'm like, where's my paper? <laughs> I'm like jotting notes down and content ideas and like single sentences that I go back and I'm like, what the heck does that mean? I don't even understand what that means. Like on the grocery list, you know? So, um, so this year for me was a lot of scrambling, I might call it with not much results in the way that I was hoping. And now rounding the end of the year is I have kind of bounced back into the middle where I was a chef for 20 years before um, starting to coach. And so now I'm kind of starting to realize that I would like to integrate both careers. Um, I was joking. I was just literally talking about this with, with my mom saying how like in my, my ex-husband relationship, which was really toxic. When I left him, I went to the other end of the spectrum and I dated like a really, really super nice guy, but it was too much. And so now with my current fiance, I feel like I'm back in the middle. And I think I've done the same thing with these careers. You know, I was in cooking mm -hmm. then I wanted to get out of cooking and I went to the opposite end of coaching. And I just like rejected all of that kind of, uh, you know, culinary, no not knowledge, but just that angle of, of a career. Yeah. And maybe I went a little bit too far to the one side. And so now I'm I'm trying to find that balance again, back in the middle of, you know, a chef and a coach. And my fiance, he his favorite, his funny nickname for me is Coach Chef. <laughs> so now that's kind of where I'm at. Sorry, that was a kind of a long-winded explanation to your question because I just finished talking about it with my mom. So my brain is like mm. kind of on fire about it. Yeah. But yeah, now I'm all about um, finding balance and integrating both of my, you know, knowledges and interests and passions that I have. I mean, I definitely understand that. Mm -hmm. We introduced me as a gratitude and gut health expert, right? I've been trying to marry two of my passions for a really long time. And I think, yeah. I think that's what definitely led to my burnout. One is trying really hard to make two things fit together that don't necessarily fit together. <laughs> Occasionally I get someone who said, yeah, actually, I, I'm really glad I found you because I found you through gratitude, but I'm struggling with gut health. So that would happen occasionally, but overall, the two are still quite separate things. And I've been doing, trying to do the two of them for a really long time, which means on social media. So let's go back to the whole social media thing and how this current expectation on social media, I would say, is, I believe, directly leading to burnout for solo entrepreneurs or coaches or yeah. even for content creators, if that's your career, which is a possible career now. Uh, unlike you, so I have been involved in social media for a long time. I joined Twitter in 2007. Actually, yeah, and you're on a lot of accounts too, right? I'm on a lot of accounts. So I closed, yeah. I actually closed my Twitter account this summer, like for good. And then I ended up reopening it a few weeks ago. But now, now with everything that's happening with the new owner and stuff, I think I might just like leave it <laughs> for good. But uh, Facebook. Same thing around 2006, seven, like right at the beginning, I was one of the earlier adopters of Instagram. I've been on TikTok for almost two years. So I, I've been on LinkedIn since like the beginning. And I really feel like I just got to the point where no joke, there were some days where I was creating like 30 pieces of content. 
because I was creating something for TikTok, but then I'd create it. I'd have to recreate it in reels for Instagram. And then you put it on Facebook and then you want it on YouTube. And then you're taking the written and a picture and putting that on Instagram. And then you've got Instagram stories that are going three or four times a day. It was insane. And when... Well, and they're all different audiences. So you do have to slightly adjust each time you repost something or try to like repurpose the content. Well, and also what's difficult is that, um, you know, the apps don't like it when you take something that's watermarked from one app into the other app. So then you're re like, then you have to take the same video. So this- Not to mention if there's glitches. (laughs) Don't talk. Oh, I- I basically gave up on Instagram because reels would glitch on me. Oh, yeah. I was, I was an early adopter of reels Yeah, and I stopped. I just couldn't deal with this anymore. And so, okay. So you're thinking, but Julie, you're supposed to be like the grateful person and where's your gratitude in all this. And here's where my mindset shifted. Aaron is for years, I felt like social media was such a gift. And I was just so grateful about how I was able to produce this content and get it shared for free with my audience. And now, and maybe you feel the same way, maybe you don't, because I'd be curious to hear how you feel being newer to this whole social media thing. I feel now like, especially high volume creators are being taken advantage of by the apps because we are creating the content to keep their audience engaged. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, For free. free free labor essentially. Free labor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I came to Facebook in 2002, 12, 2012. Yeah. yeah, I met a group of friends and um you know, I love like electronic music and dancing and events. I'm like a big party girl. <laughs> And I needed to know like what was going on with this new group of friends that that I had met after I left my ex. I kind of started a new life and I got this new great group of friends and they're like, oh, you have to join Facebook. So I joined Facebook and that was awesome. I like, I love, and that's the thing, like when I used to use social media for social and then what changed two years ago when I started my practice two and a half years ago is I started using it for business. And now I never use it for social. I only use it for business. And I guess I didn't really think about that until just now that that's really changed my relationship with it. Like, I feel like there's something I need from social media. So I don't know. I just, and that's why I got to this place with, you know, recently feeling burnt out is I thought, I don't even know if like who I'm showing up online as anymore is the real quote unquote me. Or am I just trying to show up to be the thing that other people want me to be to get the business that I want? Like, it really just (laughs) kind of did like a mind fuck on me, part of my language. But, and I just like, it wasn't fun anymore. I wasn't having any fun, you know? And like, just two days ago, there was this memory that came up for Halloween of me and my girlfriend in this bee costume. And I mean, I post coaching stuff all the time. And I don't really share it to my Facebook as much. Like my Instagram is more where I do my business stuff, but it still shares to Mm -hmm. Facebook. Yeah. And I'll get like three, four likes on content that I know is it's not bad. Like it's, it's good. Uh, But then I do these B photos and it's like 60 likes and like 20 comments by friends. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I just, I feel like, you know, what the heck am I doing? So and it's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating yeah. to, to want to put out help there. And then really, I have no idea how, how it's being received. Actually, yeah. maybe people think I'm very annoying, you know, like those are, you know, beliefs and programs and like thoughts that you just have to muster through and, and do anyway. And even if there's two people that like it or comment, then hell, that's two people that have maybe been helped by it. And one is enough even, you know, but for sure, um, having a social versus business relationship with business media, should we call it that? <laughs> yeah. You know, you were just talking about like business media as opposed to social media. And I think that's kind of where I got trapped is like, I'm trying to post about gratitude. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to post about gut health. I'm trying to post about just life, like, you know, new dog, daughter, whatever, that kind of thing, hiking, all these things. And what was frustrating, I think, and that's what you mentioned about the likes and the comments and stuff is like, I would get tons of feedback if I post a picture of a sunrise with a gratitude, you know, saying, but then I would post stuff about gut health or everything and just crickets. And I think, yeah, I think it's twofold. I think it's that I don't know that we want to be sold to on social media as much anymore. I think like as a consumer, but I also think the platforms are like, if you want to sell stuff, you got to pay for that. Now you got to pay to do that. Yeah. So I know I feel people are more looking to be entertained. Yes. By social media. Yeah. Although any business coach would probably be like, that's a limiting belief. (laughs) Well, it's, but it's either educate or entertain. It's like true. those are your options, right? And so, and best if it can be both at the same time, like, right? Yeah, entertaining education, which entertaining. those those do well. Yeah. I mean, I spent I spent a lot of time on TikTok. I was posting sometimes three times a day for months and months and months. I'd started in July, so the year before my like official burnout time, mm-hmm. and I started with a thirty days of gratitude thing. I tried, I tried so many different ways to really build on TikTok. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell everyone a secret here. Okay. So I finally did have a piece of content go viral. It was my own sound, my own words. It was 30 seconds of me. I was, I do cold ocean dipping, cold immersion. And I often bring my phone in the water with me. And I was talking with some friends and I was talking about, you know, feeling like my self-care cup, like had holes in it. And it just, it struck a chord and Mm -hmm. went completely viral. It, has like almost a million views. So you're like, oh my, Julie, you've made it. That's it. That's it. This was not the first time I had a video go viral, but the first time I had a video go viral that was kind of relevant to what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Like not just based on. And I was like, this is it. Like, I'm so excited. Like now I have an audience I can talk to. And I was taking the comments from that video and making them into new videos, right? Because then you're like engaging back and all that. But just like everything else, having a viral video, everything kind of, I have a whole bunch of new followers now, but my videos quickly went back to around the same number of views that I was getting before. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, just, uh, I mean, my biggest reel I had was like 18,000, which hit and I was like, wow. And then I had like a six and a seven and a five and a three. And then it was like 200 and then it just flopped. And it's like, 
I don't know what I did. Like I'm, I feel like I'm doing the same sort of stuff, but, and that was kind of when I really started to get frustrated is then when I, you see the success of something. Yeah. And you, I didn't really know why, like I kind of knew why, but I didn't really know why. And then it just flops. And again, I still don't know why, like, it's just the confusion of, of, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say the algorithm because I think that's what everybody says, but yeah, the confusion of however it is that it works. Yeah. And I think there's this like misconception that if you have a video go viral, like you're set. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd had, I had a video, I was one of the very first adopters on Facebook reels, like really, really, really early on Facebook reels. I was like, this is it. Like I'm going to make it on Facebook reels. And I had a video go to 10 million views on Facebook reels, but it was just like me acting out to a sound and it was fine. It's great. But it was so early in Facebook reels that like any comment, you know, stuff could just kind of go viral. Like, yeah, but it did not, it did not grow. I grew by a few, you know, maybe a thousand followers or whatever. And it just, I never, just never got back. But I was, I was first on that. And I thought, well, do you feel sometimes like, you're like, okay, well, if I'm just like first here, or if I do this here, like it'll finally hit. And I think one of the things that you and I kind of got involved in it, in this conversation is like, what happens when you feel like you're doing the things and you're doing all the things and you're not, and you've got a sharp mindset and you're emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Take it all yourself. You still feel like it's not working. <laughs> you're sleeping, eating and moving your body. <laughs> well, I was on, uh, this, um, workshop call this week uh, with a, a coach and she was coaching somebody on the call and they were talking about their business and um, how, you know, some of her perfectionism was getting in the way. And the coach was saying how it's really like, like a successful business as an entrepreneur is like a culmination of all the small things that don't really seem to matter. And she specifically brought up, I don't know, some woman who was on Oprah and she thought that was her big moment. She's like an author. She wanted an Oprah and she thought, that's it. This is what, this is, this is going to be the start. And she said it was nothing. She went off Oprah and she thought the money would just start to like flow and it was nothing. And it just, it did, it did nothing really. And she just had to keep kind of at the grind. And I mean, it's interesting. You just, you know, we're saying that because I just heard that yesterday and I thought like, it's relieving to hear. And then it's also like, Oh, I just feel tired hearing that. Right. And I mean, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I was an entrepreneur before with my personal chefing, but not in the way that I'm trying to do it now. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you've been an entrepreneur for 17 years, 17 years. I mean, is, was, it a, is it a tiring life as an entrepreneur? Did it ever have, did it have moments where it felt more energizing or yeah. I don't know. Like, so you're so, okay. You're right. Like, is it going so, cycles? I mean, or like. It did for a while. So my, my first initial, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. I'm a terrible employee. I worked <laughs> six years in corporate Canada, hated it because I always am a person with lots of ideas. I'm very creative and I have lots of ideas and I want to make things more efficient and work better. And I want to improve processes and like, most, I was mostly in customer service jobs because I'm bilingual. That was usually where I would end up. And a lot of teams don't really want the customer service person to like give them strategies on how to like improve their processes. Just it wasn't really well received often. And so 
I would just get bored really, really fast. Like just so bored. I'd be done my work. It's not even noon. And I'm just like, what do I do all day? Right. Yeah. So I'm not an employee. So I've done entrepreneurial things since I was a child. And yeah, I officially, I actually dropped out of school. I, I had been working overseas as a teacher, a French teacher, and I come back to Canada to go to school to be a teacher. I was like, I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to be an official teacher. I'm going to do this. And I found network marketing at that time, which was 2006. And I dropped out of school to build a network marketing business, which you would never do that today. And so when you say like what I did as this is the thing, right? When you hear success stories, so much of that success hinges on timing and the landscape of when that person had their success. Yes, that's the other thing we were talking about. Right? Yeah, these, these, yeah. Like there's, so what I built in my first 10 years in network marketing, like you can't build that today. It does not exist anymore. So I can't tell you, Aaron, how to build what I have in network marketing anymore. It just doesn't, It the, the industry has changed so much mm-hmm. that what I did is not impossible. Like you said, anything is possible. It's just very, very different. And for me, probably the best time in my career as an entrepreneur, mostly again, doing my network marketing business was really the most successful year I had. And that was my only six figure gross, you know, income year um, was when I just advanced in my network marketing business, like really a lot. And there was so much momentum and there was a whole team of us advancing together, like from all across Canada, like the energy and the momentum was incredible. And yeah, Aaron, kind of like in your first year of coaching, it felt like it could last forever. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. didn't, and that's normal, but I've never been able to, I'll be totally, before, since we're being frank, I've never been able to get that momentum back. And yeah. I couldn't, I wasn't able to maintain it because I'm probably back then I was already experiencing burnout. Yeah. 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 I mean, six years ago. when I think about like my first year and maybe in the year you can relate, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Like I was so like on fire with it and I was learning and I just was confident. And, and I, I asked myself, also, like I'm a law of attraction person, like did yeah. that generate business as well? And then after a year of doing it, still passionate, but more tired for sure, learning more, feeling more confused, trying to diversify, like just so many, so much else going on other than just like that. I mean, I'm an Aries too, so I'm like a starter, <laughs> I'm hot out the gate. And then, you know, you have like one or two months that it's, you know, not don't attract any clients. And then the self-doubt starts to creep in. Then you start to get stressed. And then, you know, then it's three months, four months. And then the rest of the year, you know, you're kind of running on fumes, trying to put on a brave face every day on social media and show up like everything's cool. And, you know, especially as a coach, like I kept saying to myself, well, if I quit, like that's not coaching myself well. Like if I decide to give up, it's Ah, it's like- it's like, is that not the whole point to being a coach is that you persevere and you have resolve and you stay committed and you don't let your thoughts get in the way. So then that kept me in a trap of like, not just admitting to defeat in the way that I was going about it. And you said to me, that's like sunk cost fallacy. 
like, you know, we put so much time and energy and money into something that it's hard to go, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to pull out now and do something different. It's like, well, maybe if I just wait one more week or it's one more reel away or one more, one more email away, like whatever, Ugh. one more something away from success. And then suddenly it's like six months later and bank account is like hundred bucks. <laughs> ah, just, okay. Yeah. Like, so I feel that, but over like 17 years, <laughs> Like 2021 was actually a really strong year for me in my network marketing business. And mm-hmm. I've always had the other gratitude stuff like on the side. All that other gratitude stuff though has never kind of broken the $10,000 in revenue per year on just all the gratitude stuff. The really maintain, you know, income has been through the network marketing business. And 2021 was a really good year for me. And I had invested in a program, right? I invested 10,000 US dollars in a program for the year, which the irony is, is my income grew by 10,000 US approximately. So I kind of like paid for the program, but didn't really end up ahead financially. And I was like, but I I got so much out of this. I'm going to do it again. And I was like, this is it. Like 2022 is going to be my year. Like this is it. And then we did this like challenge. I was like, I'm one 30 day challenge away. Right. I'm one 30 day challenge away from breaking through finally. And what that 30 day challenge did is it burned me out so bad that I, could barely function until I got to the point where, so that was January. And then in April, I was like, told my husband, I was like, I cannot, like, I can't do any more. And I'm setting myself up to take the time off at the end of June. And the sunk cost fallacy, right? Cause I've invested now for a second year in this program, got a discount, but I was just like, I, how can I let this go? But I physically was like, not, I couldn't sit. I was crying. I was crying. I was crying while interviewing my podcast guests, but not about their stories. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, now do you, I don't know if you believe in like divine intervention or like, do you see that all transpiring as meant to happen? Like, was it supposed to go that way? Do you feel like, do you see the reality as, as something that was kind of like, I don't know, orchestrated in some way for your benefit now that you're on the other side of it, I guess. I, yeah, no, I'm still definitely, I'm, I'm listen, I'm definitely in a better place than I was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's such a great question. I do believe in, uh, God, I believe in a higher power that, you know, flows in and out of our lives. And like, I believe actually that, you know, a piece of, we're all a part of the divine because we're all connected and we're not separate from the divine. And so do I believe that my path is going this way for a reason? I do. Yeah. And I had a bit of an aha moment when you said something because letting go of my network marketing business is that sunk cost fallacy for me. It's Mm -hmm. like this inability to say the gut health part of what I do, nutritional supplements, all that, as much as I love it, it like needs to, it needs to go so that I can make room for all the other things that I've been fighting and scratching for space for all these years. But because the network marketing business has always brought in the most money, it got the most attention. Yeah. Yeah. It was deemed the most important kind of. 
And, you know, Aaron, I'm really, really lucky. I have some income still coming in from that business and I haven't touched it yeah. since the end of June. Yeah. Is there a, a grieving process for you to letting go of the network marketing? Like, is it like saying goodbye to an old friend or? Oh, it's like ending a marriage. Yeah. It's for sure. It's like any, I mean, I've been with my network marketing and it, the thing is, is I'm not like breaking up with my network marketing yeah. business. I'll still very gratefully accept my stay friends after <laughs> and we're staying friends. I still will use lots of, I was thinking about that last night. I was like, could we, would we want to use less? I'm like, no, we use so many products and that's not going to change. Like it's just yeah. part of your friends lifestyle. with benefits, essentially. Friends with be- <laughs> yes. I'm friends with benefits. Exactly. Exactly. I buy from the store, they give me a discount and then I, you know, <laughs> they pay me a little bit to just stay positive and use the product. So yeah. the, there was definitely a lot of grief this summer in my writing of realizing that how much I'd have to let go of in order to physically be able to yeah. show up in the yeah. world. And even like letting go of your expectations of yourself. Yeah. Like probably a lot of, I don't know, pressures that you put on yourself for so long to have to put those down. I mean, I'm sure you probably feel like this too. When you're a creative person and you have so many ideas, the hard part is saying no to some of those ideas or almost all of them really. Yes. That's the hard part. Yeah, that post you shared with me this morning, um, the guy, it was a post from, uh, do you want to just mention who it was from? Oh yeah, Russ Barton, one of the the scientists that we work with, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, and it was just uh, kind of, wrapping up some points around brain health and nutrition, essentially, right? And something that he said in there was about people who are creative, was something about how when we're creative, we'll do things to try to avoid boredom. So we end up, the way I took the sentence anyway, was that it's easy to indulge in habits that maybe are aren't the most healthy for us Mm. because when we're creative people, we always want to stay busy. We want our minds to be engaged and energized. And when, you know, if we're ever feeling like we're starting to get bored, then we look to like fill that need to stay stimulated and, and interested. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of goes against rest, you know, and exactly part this is the part where you and I both have, I mean, we're not alone. First of all, I'm sure that somebody listening out there is like, has no real concept of rest because mm-hmm. it has been erased from yeah. our culture. Yeah. It's starting to come back. Super fun. Aaron, just before I started my break, I went to the used bookstore. I love the used bookstore. Love books. Right. So Me get too. them at a discount. Yeah. But I find you always find treasures in a used bookstore, right? And yeah. uh, I found a book called Permission to Nap. Ooh. <laughs> the thing is, is this was written, at, I think, late 90s, early 2000s. And it was all about how our culture is so fast paced and we need to slow down and take. I was like, this. you're like, you're telling me just wait. <laughs> right? Wait a few decades. <laughs> yeah. So this is not a new problem, mm-hmm. but it, and more exactly. of a North American problem though. Like, I mean, my, my fiance is, is French and he takes a lot of his lifestyle. I don't know. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like his, the way that he lives his life from like more borrowing from European sort of principles. And he is all about taking a rest, taking a siesta, like enjoying play just as much as work. And I find it very, very funny how, like, I, I always think to him, like, not that he's a slacker, but like, I notice my propensity right. to want to, you know, stay busy. And he's just like, relax already. And it's been so good for me because really now I can like sit on the couch, like I'll sit on the couch and watch TV. And, you know, some people might say it's me distracting myself, but really it's the way that I just like sit down and do nothing and be okay with it. Like, it's yeah. like, I need to be entertained when I'm doing nothing at the moment in order to feel relaxed and calm in that situation. Hopefully it's going to get, that's going to continue to be something I practice the older I get. But for now, if sitting on my ass watching TV for two hours is the way that I rest, then that is totally fine with me. <laughs> yeah, we were definitely, the lie I think is that because we were pushed so hard to be so productive that watching TV is bad. I mean, I was trained by Jim Rohn, which I love. I mean, I love Jim Rohn for sure, for who he, the man that he was at the time. But he, you know, when he was doing his training, it was like, you sell your TV to help fund, build your business, right? So you sell the TV and then you free up the time to build your business and you use the money to like invest in your business. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that way of thinking, but that was in a time where there was just, it was such a different time. It is, we just don't live, our minds are constantly being assaulted and we, this productivity myth is so brutal. Okay, but I do have a question though. So where is your fiance from in France? Do you know what part of France? Well, he's Quebecois. Oh, Quebecois, not French. Yeah, no, he's Quebecois like, and his family came French here Canadian. in like the 1600s. Oh so yeah, okay. So he's, like, he's really, Quebecois. So this really is so you're speaking to someone whose parents are my mom is Quebecois and my father is France from France and from Paris. Right. And my father is a workaholic. Oh, really? Like really bad work, like serious issue workaholic. Yeah. And um, so it was that's why I was like, it's interesting that you were saying about about French. So I yeah, I got a workaholic dad from Europe, which is which is completely opposite to what you would think. Maybe it's and my mom. <laughs> but my mom's the one who would take a nap every day. Yeah. Right? I think so it's she, just that idea of like yeah. enjoying your life as yeah. well as yeah. working, which is equally important, I think, at the balance right. of both, which is what you and I have been trying to to figure out. I have a question for you though. It's sure. something that when I was talking with my mom prior to this is I was saying how something that's been interesting with now coming back to, cause so I've decided to start picking up some personal chef clients <sighs> because I just need to be like, I need to be doing something. And with coaching, like I want to help people. That's what matters to me is just helping people. And personal chefing was also helping people. And so mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, if what I want to do is help people then maybe I should do some of that. And again, it'll kind of give me some more momentum and, you know, it helps with me feeling just like purposeful. Mm -hmm. But what's been interesting is when I stopped cooking was two years ago. Now that I've come back to it on the other side of being a coach, I'm so different in the job. I'm approaching the job differently. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same job, but a different version of myself, which then makes the job feel different. And my mom, who had retired, 
Then she was called back to work. And after retirement, she said she went back and the experience was so much more positive because she had changed and grown through her Mm -hmm. retirement. So for you, like when you kind of took your break, now you're on the other side-ish of the burnout and everything that you've learned and, and healed. Like, do you notice that you feel differently about coming back to your, that, you know, at, at that side of your business from this new angle and perspective, like a new Julie? Yes, I definitely don't take social media as seriously as I used to. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I didn't think I would bring the podcast back, but I really like the podcast. So I brought the podcast back, but I'm also not chasing an interview every week. Yeah. If there isn't one, there isn't one and that's okay. And then I'll just do, I have fun just talking with people, just doing a little solo episodes. You know, I'm going to be, you know, when you're listening to this, you might've already heard I'm doing 30 ways to practice gratitude for the month of November. I'm going to do my first like 30 day audio program thing, which I've never done before. I've got all these other, I've done it on social. I've done it on TikTok. I'm like, I'm going to just try it on audio this time. So that's different. I also am mindful that what I've picked up is plenty, right? So I'm doing my calendar that I do um, and selling some of my gratitude cards and the podcast. And I'm writing my book. I'm writing my book that I've been wanting to write for a really long time. I'm writing, 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 writing. I joined the Hay House Writers Community and that's enough. Yeah. And you know, it's enough. (laughs) You don't, but I also like, what's your indicator there? Well, the indicator is how, how I feel during the day, how tired I am. Yeah. How, if I'm getting through, if most days are, I'm not resting, then it's too much. So if I have a bunch of days in a row where there's no rest, no time, it's nature, no lying on the couch with my feet up, whatever, then I'm like, oh, pull back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've had to really let go of being financially stressed. I just, I have to, the faith that I have that it's eventually all going to work out because right now it's going in the wrong direction (laughs) and we're in the negative direction. Um. But I, like you said about divine, you know, timing or like a journey and everything that's been really big for me is like, what is just like being okay that things might be financially more difficult before they're better. And I have to just be okay with that because the door I closed that door, I don't want to go back through it because that, like you said, like you've changed. So it's like that door doesn't even exist anymore. So yeah. Um, I think, you know, as we kind of wrap things up, I'd love for you to share, Erin, you know, you said you've changed as a coach and you've come back into your chef work and you've changed. For those that are listening, especially those that don't know you, maybe from, you know, from the Wake Up With Gratitude side, um, what's sort of one of the coaching strategies or personal strategies, you know, you've used to help with your emotional well-being going through all this, like, where have you been leaning? What have you been, what's been helping you to go through this? Mm -hmm. I mean, cliched one is always, what am I learning? 
you know, that's like, that's the easiest way I know to, you know, uh, change my energetic state. If I'm in some sort of stressful place is always the thought is that's causing the stress is like, things should be different than they are. That's the number one thing to notice is I'm only upset because I think things should be different and they're not. (laughs) So just let that go. And then like, what am I learning from this? How is it serving me? And I mean, I use that all year. It's just keep trying to every day, trying to think like, what is the lesson in this? Like, how is this to my benefit? And I mean, for me, because I'm an emotional health coach, really anything that challenges my emotions, I welcome because I might not like it in the moment, but I know that discomfort is the price that we pay for resilience, um, in my opinion. And I've really looked at this year as very uncomfortable. Like I was talking with my, my fiance about it. And I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs, if they're listening, can relate to this. I just felt like, and this, I mean, this is not, this is my brain talking. Like every day I woke up and tried and failed like mm-hmm. every single day. It was like, get up, try, fail. And by fail, I mean, no new clients. And, you know, I had clients, but they just kind of petered off. And, you know, the goals that I had financially and whatever client wise or workshop wise or program wise just weren't happening. And I thought freaking 10 months of getting up, trying and failing, getting up, trying and failing, getting up, trying and failing. And it was something I really realized because I felt like maybe a couple of weeks ago, I just felt like I had this sadness inside of me that was so like intense like this sad little girl that was just like <laughs> so disappointed that how she had hoped her business was going to go it just hadn't worked out and i felt so sad for that and then i felt so proud that regardless of that sadness every day i got up and kept trying and now i've gotten to a place where i have accepted that banging my head against a wall is just really not getting many results and it's time to pivot. And I think, you know, entrepreneurs probably feel like ballerinas. <laughs> a lot of the time you're just like dizzy from <laughs> spinning in different directions, trying to figure out what works and trying to adjust for the climate and like people's wherever the collective psychological I mean, like mind of society is and what people are going through and everything else. So I, I would say that really also understanding that even if I felt sad, disappointed, you know, let down, angry, frustrated, that I could also feel grateful, proud, happy, um, appreciative. Like it can always be both. It can always be emotions that are comfortable and uncomfortable. And really when you're in that place of discomfort for whatever reason, like to remind yourself that they're, that emotions are generally always layered. It's just that we feel the ones that are painful the most, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find something to a thought or a memory or close your eyes and have a mental image of something that can bring you some joy, that then you can sit in the energy of both and that makes it feel better mm-hmm. and helps you get through that day so you can get up and try again the next day, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, totally. Hope it helps somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave our audience with this about gratitude and gratitude practices is that, you know, someone, as someone who's been practicing gratitude for over a decade in so many different ways, I find that I can always find something to be grateful for, even in the darkest days, even when I'm just feeling like nothing's working and totally, I mean, I went through some times in the summer where I was just like, never going to work again and all these things. And it was hard. It was hard, but I would, I like to pick up my pen, you know, Mm -hmm. the writer that I am and just write down a few things that I'm grateful for. And you can do that in a note in your phone and just say it in your head if you want. It just brings me back to a place where I can make different and better decisions. Mm -hmm. And it does help move through some of the really hard emotions sometimes. Like, you know, you can't think straight when you're so, so angry. So sometimes to speaking of emotional well-being, you know, I was angry a lot this summer. And so to be healthy with my anger, I took my anger out on the page yeah. as opposed <laughs> to my family. Not to say that there weren't times when they weren't on the receiving, but I would say that I'm like, just want you to know I'm really feeling angry today. So if I'm angry in your direction, it's not about you. And then write that anger down and that works for me. And then also be able to write some gratitude And sometimes it's like, I'm grateful that I was able to write down everything I was angry about. Yeah. No, you're right. There's always something. Like I find the health and well-being of my loved ones is a really easy one that shifts my mood. Yeah. I'm happy my daughter's healthy. I'm happy my mom is healthy. I'm happy somebody. It's a really, it's really easy. But yeah, and I love how you said that, like to tell people that I am angry. Like that's so major. Like I... Some people, they can't ever tell they're angry to show they're angry and to be able to voice it, it makes it so much easier to deal with. Yeah. Right. Because usually you're not angry at your partner or your kid or whatever. No. Generally. So I've learned a lot. So, oh, Aaron, I, first of all, thank you for letting me speak to your audience and thank you for being here for my audience. And I'm just so grateful for our friendship and what we've learned from each other and how we are supporting each other. Um, where do people find you? Yeah. They're listening on my podcast. Mm-hmm. So like I said, my podcast is the emotional wellbeing podcast with Aaron Martin is my last name. And you can find me on Spotify. I also have an Instagram, Aaron Jacqueline Martin. That's Jacqueline J A C L Y N or my, uh, Website is erinmartincoaching.com. All right. And for Aaron's audience, my podcast is the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. And you can find me at wakeupwithgratitude.com. And you can find me on socials. I'm mostly on Facebook these days um, on my personal feed, but um, you can look up Julie Boyer, B-O-Y-E-R, Wake Up With Gratitude. That's the easiest way to find me too. So you have the most beautiful sunrise calendars, which just as to wrap up here that when we did the podcast before, we were very different people with a different relationship. And now here we are. 
on the other side of it. Yeah. And it's been about a year. Yeah, exactly. I'll have to share that link in the in the show notes. Yeah, happy for sure. friend anniversary. <laughs> yeah, happy friend anniversary. All right. Well, thanks so much, Aaron, and everybody on Aaron's podcast and everybody listening to the Wake Up with Gratitude podcast. Just so grateful to have you all here. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. Love you. Love you. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.